Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. What is up, everyone? Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, Episode 9, Week 9 of the regular season. And it's our annual Halloween show. You know it's Adam Regan's favorite holiday. Adam Regan, every year during the show, our Halloween show, I ask you what you're going to dress up as for Halloween. And what do you say every year? Every season of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, you bring this up, and I say I'm not dressing up. Yes, but I do have breaking news. I'm about to blow up your spot here. Adam Regan will be donning a costume this Halloween. Is that correct? That is correct. What are you going to dress up as? I will be Goose from Top Gun. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Got I the like it. Top Gun flight suit, aviator shades, doing oh, wait, it. Wait, why have you been growing out your mustache like I was? I have been. Oh, are you making fun of me? No. I'm not capable, I'm not capable of growing facial hair like you, but no. I'm trying. I'm, no, I'm you really should have been trying longer. It takes a commitment yeah, for a true I, Halloween facial I hair. I came up with this two weeks ago. I'm yeah. going to say, you got to start that like October 1st, man. you got to get going on I'm that. A, I'm a rookie. I'm so you rookie. just don't like Halloween in general? Or are you not a fan of the, the scary movies, the, the candy? Oh, I like, I like the scary movies. I like the candy and everything like that. It's just one of those things where I grew out of it, you know, like everybody else does. I don't have any kids either. Yeah, see, so that, that's, that's the thing is when you have kids, it, it pulls you right back in. And then you got to be wearing kids out costumes. And, but you do get to eat their candy. So that's, that's always nice. Yeah, pick through all the good, the good candy and leave them with the garbage that's candy. That's right. Absolutely. All the almond joys they can eat. Yes. So. Well, let's get into it, man. Let's look back on week eight before we start breaking down week nine. A lot of kind of results we expected, I think, as you look over the slate of games from last week. But, Adam Regan, what, what popped out to you the most? Is there anything that impressed you the most out of your Lee County teams in week eight? Well, you said that a lot of the results were expected. I think we both picked Orlando Bishop Moore to win at home against Bishop Vero, and that was not the case. Bishop Vero. 34 to 33 over one of the better private schools in the state. Malik Curtis and Chris Graves just had an offensive party out there. <laughs> and it was very impressive. We hadn't talked to Bishop Vero a lot in the last couple of podcasts. They had lost a couple games and they had won some games, but that is a very, very big opponent. And now Bishop Vero gets to stay local, kind of, at least. Yeah. The next two weeks, they play Laley. And then a big win against Palmetto Ridge. That might be Bishop Burrow's biggest win of the season because you go up to Orlando. You're playing a 5A school, a private 5A school that has won state championships, that has won tons of regional championships. I think I looked it up, a 12-13 year playoff streak that Bishop Moore has. So, yes, very impressive. A one-point win, a come-from-behind win on the arm of Jacob Azizi. That's the thing that I find the most impressive is a come-from-behind win on the road Three hours up the road. Yeah. I wonder how the traffic was on I-4 coming home. It's never good. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, Disney's open, right? Yes, they might be limited, but I believe they're open. Still, that is a freaking parking lot. Yes. I-4 is. I like it. A lot of celebrating on that bus on the way home. I think Bishop Verro has proven itself with one of the tougher schedules of any school oh, yeah. in Southwest Florida. I mean, they've, they lost some games. They lost to an undefeated Sebring team at the time. They lost to Jesuit. At, on the beginning of the season, who's always a 
and they lost to him by one score, I believe. And yeah. I mean, they lost to Shamanad Madonna, who's a three-time defending state champion. I mean, I think Bishop Rowe can go far in their region. Well, it's funny because their coach, when, when I did the story about the uh, playoff pairings coming out a few weeks ago, the coach, John Mooring, they have to go on the road. And I said, what do you think? He said, I love it. We play a lot better on the road than we have at home. Sure enough, they go on this uh, three-hour road trip, three-and-a-half-hour road trip to Orlando, and they get their biggest win. That bodes well for the playoffs when they have to go on the road in the first round. Well, John, I, I'm assuming that you probably – your heart stopped a couple times last week, and you probably prefer not to do that on the road. Yeah, make it make it a little more comfortable. I think you would like that. Fisher, what, what was it that impressed you? Was it the 58 points that Palmetto Ridge scored? Or I, I think it was, and I wrote about that in my article. I covered that game, so I was there. Eyewitness. Um, we talk all season about the Palmetto Ridge defense, which is very, very good. But that offense, man, let's not forget, they got Jaden Booker, who's got Power 5 offers, Kamonte Grimes going to Nebraska, and Grimes, he had two touchdown passes from a kid we haven't talked about a bunch, Gabe Seifert. Palmetto Ridge has kind of been running this dual quarterback system where they have Evan Rodriguez in for a series, then Gabe Seifert in for a series. So it looked very good. Jaden Booker, 216 yards, four touchdowns, and he just wore him down. I think I, in, the, in the past on this podcast, I've compared other running backs to Derrick Henry, just big physical power backs, and Booker is like that. Just by the, by the third and fourth quarter, He's just plowing through kids. Like, the defense got tired of tackling him. In the third quarter, he ran for 79 yards and three touchdowns on just seven carries. I mean, and I asked Chris Tokenen, the head coach of the Palmetto Ridge, you know, how was Booker allowed to do that or able to do that? He said he's just a big, strong kid, and he gets better the more carries you give him. And I'm sure Booker did it all by himself, too. Wore that, wore the Baron Collier defense right, down yeah. all by himself. The offensive line had nothing to do with that. No, nope, sure. not at all. Not at I, all. No, obviously. You, you got to cre- credit those kids for opening up those holes and allowing Booker to do what he can do in space. And also on the uh, touchdown passes by Gabe Seifert. I mean, he had a clean pocket. Nobody, nobody really close to him. And then when you got a receiver as talented as Kamonte Grimes, like, you're just going to find him. Yeah, we never, ever credit offensive lines as we much don't. as we should, but we're going to start right now. I will say I have been impressed by all the kids I've talked to this year because we interview the the stars, unfortunately, after the game. You know, we're talking to the running back, not the left guard, but every kid I've talked to, every running back, they've always credited the offensive line. Last week, both Dylan McNamara, the quarterback for Baron Collier, and Jaden Booker, the running back for Palmetto Ridge, both uh, gave credit to their offensive line, so good for them. They should, or next week was gonna be, is going to be really, really tough That's if they right. don't credit those for guys. Them. Another one I really want to talk about is Norfolk Myers, and we talk, it seems like we talk about them every week, but they are the lone undefeated team in Lee County, and they had their streak of four straight shutouts snapped, just like Palmetto hey, Ridge Palmetto did. Palmetto Ridge also, yep. Southport Myers takes a short field on their second possession of the game after a turnover by North, puts it in the end zone, goes up 7 nothing, and then doesn't score again because that North defense doesn't give up points. 25-7 to win over South Fort Myers. Another impressive handling of a very good Lee County school. Not the best, but North has really taken out every single Lee County school, public-wise at least, that has been on their schedule. Would have loved to have seen that Bishop Verreau game at the end of the year, but, you know, covid yeah, that's unfortunate. So looking at the other side, I mean, we talked a little bit in the past, but what about South Fort Myers? What, what do you think about them? Because they, they really kind of struggled, particularly offensively, the past few weeks. I think they're just becoming one-dimensional. I think they're relying heavily on Nathan Castor, and Nathan Castor can't do it by himself. You know, they got to find that passing game. I've talked about that. The balance they need to be successful against the very good teams. They're going to be 
they're going to beat the tar out of you know Eastleigh County. They yeah. won seventy to six. Yeah, they're, they're going to beat the tar out of those teams. But when it comes to play, facing good teams, and I'm, that's going to happen in the playoffs, you know they've got to have that passing game that can really balance it out and you know open it up for Nathan Castor. Well, speaking of passing game, that leads me into the next team I want to talk about in Collier County, Gulf Coast. Man, they have continued to roll. Connor Barrett, their sophomore quarterback, he is just on one right now. He, in the past three games, he's thrown for 599 yards, nine touchdowns, and just one interception. His favorite target, Carson Veter, 17 passes for 285 yards and eight touchdowns in the past three games, seven in the past two games. Their offense right now, and they even ran for 200 yards last week. So they're just, they were getting it done. Let me ask you a question about Connor sure. Barrett. Have you ever doubted him? Doubted him. Um, I always knew he had talent, but it's just tough as a freshman, and we saw that last year to, to I mean, step into a seven A program. And did we not identify him as an eighth grader? How many eighth graders do we talk about on this uh, podcast? I mean, a, a few, but not I, very many. I saw some something from one of the Gulf Coast coaches on Twitter talking about how everybody's been doubting Connor Barrett, and now he's showing everybody. We're not surprised, are we? No, no, not at all. I don't think anybody's been doubting him. The kid sees the field really well. Yeah, as a freshman, he threw, what, 13, 14 picks or so. But everybody can see the talent he has. And I think it's all a matter of the talent around him and and how he can distribute the ball. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in Southwest Florida. So no one is doubting Connor Barrett. And he's just a sophomore. I mean, imagine what he's going to be in, in two years. It's, it's going to be very impressive. Hey, also in Carter County, I will give a, uh, a shout-out to Laley. Put up a fight against Naples. You thought it was going to be running clock. You told me that. You said how much you hate Laley on the last oh podcast. Oh, my God. I said no. I said no. Put some respect on the Trojans' name, and their defense did very well. They lost 16-6 to in the Coconut Do Bowl. I get to defend myself? You can do whatever you want. Laley is a team I always underestimate, and, and I admit that they always prove me wrong. And I guess they kind of did prove me wrong here. I thought Naples would put a running clock on them. So true, I guess, but I have a little more respect for Laley than you describe. Well, we will find out when we do our picks because Laley is hosting Bishop Vero in one of those two uh, games Bishop Vero ends the season with against Collier County Public Schools. So it'll be very good. Anything else you want to talk about in, uh, in, a, in a Lee County? I think we're good. I think we can go into the second segment confident that we covered, you know, some of the bigger things that happened in week eight, but I'd really like to move on to week nine in in the future. So when we come back, we're going to discuss who the better county is this year as a whole, Lee County or Collier County. I'm sure we'll get some hate after this segment. So we'll be right back. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And it's the second segment where we like to kind of talk about some bigger issues here. And I think the most important issue between you and I, you've covered Collier County football for how many years? This is my 14th season. Goodness gracious. This is my seventh season, I believe. So the big question is, who's better this year, Collier County or Lee County? First, let me say, I want to defend myself. I moved down here when I was 25. So saying 14 seasons makes me sound like I'm some like 55-year-old. I'm not. I'm still not young by any chance, but I'm younger than 40. Yes, you know, I had this idea when looking at our rankings we do every week. Of the uh, 10 teams in Carter County, we cover, what, 31, 32 total 32. teams? 32. And, and LaBelle. 
of course. And LaBelle. And so we rank the top ten. Seven of those teams are from Lee County. Three are from Collier County. However, Collier County does have the number one and number, I believe, four teams in there, Palmetto Ridge and Naples High. Naples would be number three, as Adam Regan corrects me. Um, so it's interesting. Just I, I feel like overall, as a guy who kind of follows Lee County from afar but gets to see Collier County live every week, I feel like there's just a little bit more uh, talent in Lee County. I don't like you using the word talent yeah. because I, I think – in Lee County, I think every year there's just more people in Lee County, right. more schools, more kids. I think that Lee County is more talented every year. Singular talents is kind of the word I always use. But I always think of Collier County, specifically Naples, as that team that can put it all together. Yeah. And that's why Collier County you know, competes so well because they can put some t- teams together. And Palmetto Ridge is definitely is that. I mean, they're number one, no question. Uh, North Fort Myers might argue about that. Maybe they might, might not argue about that. But, yeah, they're the number one team. Naples is number three. And we have First Baptist at number eight. But, really, the depth of Lee County, I think, kind of just trumps Collier County there. You got teams like Fort Myers, who's ranked number five. You got Bishop Verro at six. It's really, you know, Lee County football is really good when Bishop Verro is good, as well as when Lehigh is good. I mean, Lehigh hasn't beaten, you know, many good teams, but they still have all of that talent out there. And then you got Cypress Lake, who can score in bunches. And then I think when you have teams that haven't been good over the last decade start to creep up there like Ida Baker you know and you know when they had a coaching change and they went five and five last year they're four and two this year yeah I think that speaks to the depth of Lee County well you did raise a good point at the beginning that we should let people know there are twice as many football teams in Lee County as are in Collier soon to be 15 varsity programs that's crazy in in Lee County I was looking just public schools yeah, right yeah I was looking back at my notes from a Dion Sanders interview I did about a year ago and I asked him I said Dion is Lee County ever going to win a state championship and that's an issue that we talk about frequently on the Inside Southwest Florida Football podcast and I read that quote back and I was whew, there are so many darn schools in Lee yeah. County. They can't win a state championship. Imagine if you put two of the powerhouse programs together and you would get a state champion. So Dion believes, but he doesn't believe. Dude, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because as I looked uh, over Naples history, like when Bill Kramer retired and I was looking at his past accolades and how good he did, the highlight or the apex of Naples football, I think, was 2007. Before that, from 01 to 07 was the best run they had. Well, when was that? That was before Golden Gate opened. That was before Palmetto Ridge opened. There was only three high schools in town. And, I mean, you were able to draw more talent. In the glory years of Fort Myers High School. And, you know, there have been a lot of glory years in the past 100 years, 101 years now, of Fort Myers High School. But the early 1990s, there was no Ida Baker High School. There there was no South Fort Myers High School. Uh, Nor Fort Myers. Their glory years were in the 70s and 80s. And part of the 90s as well. And those newer schools that cropped up, the Island Coast. That You remember Island Coast? All the kids wanted yeah. to go to Island Coast. Yeah, more schools, less chance of you winning a state title. And well, I believe Collier County has another school being built. They do, yep. And someone was just mentioning uh, that to me the other day, and I co- completely forgot about that. That's due to open, I think, in two years, and they should have football. But when I look at Collier County, man, I see, again, Palmetto Ridge, very good. I think Naples is pretty good. Obviously not as great as they've been in in past. And then after that, just some middle-of-the-road kind of, I don't want to say average teams, but average teams. And so 
they're playing each other. Collier County teams are stuck in Collier County this year. Palmetto Ridge isn't getting better by stomping Immokalee. They're not going to get better by playing, uh, you know, a Golden Gate team that they're much better than. And that's no disrespect to Golden Gate, but Palmetto Ridge is just very good. I look up here, though, you see North. They're playing Dunbar. They're playing Fort Myers, who I think are better than any team in Collier County. Well, Naples and uh, Palmetto Ridge. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting when we get to the playoffs because there are five first-round matchups of a Collier County team playing a Lee County team. It's very interesting. I was going to say, leading into that, right now, Baron Collier coach Mark Jackson's ears are ringing as we're, t- as we're talking about you know, Collier County programs. We haven't brought up Baron Collier yet. Yes, Palmetto Ridge dropped 58 on them. Yes, they were only allowed to score 13 points against the number one team in Southwest Florida, but they get their chance against Fort Myers. At home. At home, not at Edison Stadium, right. which is important. And I bet you whoever covers that game – if Baron Collier beats Fort Myers, is going to get an earful in that post-game interview. <laughs> I'm, that would be very interesting. I know it's not going to be me, so I don't have to deal with it. Well, hey, I mentioned those first-round matchups, and we'll get it more in-depth, obviously, when the playoffs begin in two weeks. But North Fort Myers at Naples. That's the number two team and the number three team on our rankings. And so they have to square off in the first round. Only one of those teams gets to win a playoff game. That's crazy. And my question to you off air was has there been any school in southwest florida that got more hosed with this blind draw by the fhsa than undefeated north fort myers who has to go to naples in a playing game like if they lose that game they didn't even make a, a regional quarterfinal yeah you're it's right rid- this is ridiculous it's the sweet 16 not the elite eight right now so yeah it, it's, a, it's a very tough draw uh, i think palmetto ridge they have to play a very 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 good port charlotte team too and that's that's tough for them and then they have to play Charlotte in the second round. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting. And let me mention this. This is the last week without playoff football. It's not the last week of the regular season because some teams are playing a regular season game November 6th. But remember, next week, November 6th, we have three, I believe, play-in, play-in games to start the playoffs. So that's kind of exciting. Well, the upset of all upsets is going to happen Which next week, that? right? Oh, oh, Mockley. Mockley's going to go to Traz Powell <laughs> Stadium and knock off Miami Central, right? Yes, that's right. Hey, let me just throw it out there since I have it written down. On November 6th, we got Immokalee, Golden Gate, Island Coast, ECS, Bonita Springs, and Mariner all play their first playoff games next week, meaning this is their regular season finale. We will get into those games. We're going to pick winners when we come back on the other side of this break. After the games each week, go to NaplesNews.com news-press.com or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. Hello everyone, welcome back in to the third and final segment of this week's episode. And that of course is our picks, our predictions. Regan, let's go back and look at last week. Uh, we didn't think they were that difficult to pick. Um, apparently, were they? They were difficult for me because, uh. and let's say one game we lost, LaBelle Cypress Lake was canceled, um, so only nine games. Adam Regan, you went 8-1, and one, giving you a total of 18-1 and one the past two weeks. What game did I lose? Uh, I'm not sure. Hold on one second. But I went 6-3. and three. The two games we differed on, Regan, you picked them both right. You picked Mariner over Cape Coral. Of course, Cape Coral would come back and bite me in the they butt. They would. And you picked Fort Myers over Lehigh. I picked Lehigh. The game we both lost 
was uh, picking Bishop Vero oh, and right, Bishop Moore. Right. We both picked Bishop Moore, which, you know, that's a, a good pick. So let's get into it again. Uh, what are the, yeah, what are the... Oh, sorry. Season record. Yes, Adam Regan, you are 59-12 and 12 on the year. Adam Fisher dropped another one, 54-16. and 16. You've opened up a five-game lead, and let me tell you, I am concerned. Whoa, whoa. What? What the, check your math. Why? A five-game lead. You're 59-12. and 12. I'm 54-16. and 16. Oh, wait. I'm, I'm missing the game somewhere. Yeah, it's either four or five. Oh, so cool. We'll, we'll figure it out. You, but, homeschool, you homeschool your kids with that, that math? No, I let the Lee Virtual School do that for me. <laughs> hey, I'm scared that we're heading down a path that we fell down to last year, right? I fall into a hole early. I just start making some wild picks, some off-the-wall picks to uh, catch up with you, and they bite me in the butt again double hard, and it's going to be an Adam Regan landslide. I'm, I'm worried about that. I feel like you're jinxing me now. They're putting I, too I much pressure so. on me. I hope so. That's why I put it out there into the world. So Let's jump into them. Let's pick these games. The game of the week, if you ask me, but not Regan because he does not like this team. First Baptist at undefeated Community School of Naples who gets no respect from Adam Jeffrey Regan. These teams combine only one loss, man. What, what, oh, defend yourself. Defend I continue yourself. to be astonished. <laughs> By the slander every single week. And I have a witness, too. That's Ms. what Andrea says about you. She, she hears the slander every week. She's going to be a witness. <laughs> I mean, I, you are very, very sloppy with this. I well, have no disdain for CSN whatsoever. They have a beautiful stadium. They are undefeated. They are. But they're facing their first true test, and that's First Baptist, who was ranked in our Southwest Florida football rankings and i'm gonna take first baptist to give csn their first loss but if i'm wrong as promised csn will make an appearance in the power rankings next week the question is after all that trash i just talked do i have the guts to pick csn who i consider an Ah, underdog even though they're undefeated and you know what just I, i gotta go with the established program until csn can beat first baptist which i don't believe they have I got to go with First Baptist, and let me say this is the uh, the battle for Livingston Road. These two schools only about you know a quarter of a mile apart, so it's going to be very exciting. But we will both take First Baptist game of the week in Lee County. Baker at Fort Myers. Baker kind of an upstart. Fort Myers riding high off that big ten point win over Lehigh. Did did you see them last week? Were you at Fort Myers? I was Lehigh? not at that game. Alex Martin again. Another shout out to yes. Alex Martin, who was there, covered that game, was very impressed with Lehigh in a loss. Lehigh turned the ball over their first four possessions, and that really was the difference in that 31-21 to 21 game. And Tavares Dawson, another big week for Lehigh. So f- props to Fort Myers for beating a very good Lehigh team. Lehigh now 0-19 against Fort Myers all time. But getting back to Ida Baker at Fort Myers, keyword at. Edison Stadium, an upstart Ida Baker team. Last year under Chuck Fawcett, they gave up 200-yard rushers to the Green Wave. That was Yesias Young, who had 206 yards. And Zamari Harvin, who is still on the team, had 107 yards and a touchdown. I think that this game is going to come down to the guys in the Ida Baker secondary, who are very good, by the way, very mm-hmm. underrated, great against the pass. But they're going to have to do some of that dirty work and come up and run support against this Fort Myers wing T offense, and I don't think they can do it. I'm going to take Fort Myers. You mentioned Zamari Harvin. He had a, another big game last week. He went for over 100 yards against Lehigh, who I think has a better defense. 196 yards. Yes, better defense than Baker. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you know what Baker's record is against Fort Myers? Have they beaten them many times? They're 1-6. The last time came in 2008 is when they beat The only time they beat them. Yeah. Brian Kahn, shout out to Brian Kahn, beating Fort oh, Myers yeah. in 2008. 
So the Bulldogs are 1-6 all-time against Sam Sirianni Jr. and the Green Wave, and it's at Edison Stadium, so that's all I'm going to say. I'm taking Fort Myers as well. Another good game, another upstart team who's having a pretty good year after a rough one last year. Island Coast at North Fort Myers. Now, this is Island Coast's final regular season game. Is it? Because they play November 6th against Golden Gate, a very winnable playoff game. And I talked to Elgin Hicks when I did my story about teams preparing for the playoffs. Just how do you go into this? He said, no, you don't rest your guys. You don't consider this any kind of a break or rest up for the playoffs, even though you want to win playoff games. But you want to get that momentum. You want to see how you stack up. I mean, this is a potential, I guess, playoff preview. These teams could meet in the regionals. It's the Tom Coughlin approach, right? I guess. Tom Coughlin and the Giants, 2000. Eight it was. They played the Patriots, the undefeated Patriots, last game of the season, and they had already made the playoffs. The Patriots obviously had already made the playoffs. Giants decided to play their guys, play the Patriots very, very close in that game, lose to the Patriots, and the Patriots go on to win more games, and they're you know, 18-0 and 0 going yeah. to the Super Bowl. And then they face the Giants in the Super Bowl, and then the Patriots finish their season 18-1, and 1, and the Giants right. win their third Super Bowl. Hey, quick sidebar, that Eli Manning pass. You know, the, the helmet catch. The it, David Tyree. Is yeah. that the greatest play you've ever seen, like, watching a football game? It was the greatest play I've ever seen. People mention the catch. People forget how much, how Eli got away from, like, four or five different defenders. We're talking about Eli Manning here, who, who can't get out of, a, you know, his own way half the time. And we're talking about Rodney Harrison, one of the biggest hitters ever to play in the NFL, is coming up on David Tyree, and David Tyree pins it against his helmet. Yep. Yeah, one of the greatest catches I've ever seen until I saw Mario Manningham in the Super Bowl against right. the Patriots a few years later do that toe tap, and the Giants win their four Super Bowl. I ask you that because I just happened to hear some uh, you know, national guy talking about that game this week. So it was stuck into my head. I don't even know what we were talking about. What what game are we yeah, on? We kind of got into the NFL there. <laughs> right. We're talking, yeah, we're talking about Island Coast and North Fort Myers. <laughs> Island Coast playing playing their guys, even though they got a playoff game next week. I'm still gonna take North Fort Myers. They're gonna go to seven and oh. They're gonna have the they're probably gonna finish with their fourth undefeated regular season in school history. I don't know who they play next week and I don't really think it matters, but they're gonna do it. Who you got in this one? Yes, I also will take North Fort Myers. Just uh, that defense, really nasty. And I don't think their offense will have to do a ton against Island Coast. So another good matchup of teams that could meet in the second round of the playoffs. Dunbar at South Fort Myers, although technically I guess it would be the third round of the playoffs. Dunbar at South Fort Myers. Dunbar a team that won 40 to nothing last week. South Fort Myers a team that has struggled a bit recently, particularly on offense. We talked about it in the first segment. Can they score against that Dunbar defense? That's going to be real tough. We are, we talked about how they've had problems the last couple of weeks putting up points. Nathan Castor, obviously one of the best running backs in Lee County, but if you key on him, which Dunbar has been known to do, I mean they got plenty of stars that can you know read keys and have great instincts out there. So South Myers is going to have to do something else with the ball. I, I don't think that they can beat them, but this game is always historically close. I think it's a rivalry game. I don't think it has a name. But these kids all played each other in Pop Warner and everything like that. They all hang out together. But I think Dunbar gets a win here. I was really impressed with them against Riverdale, who's a team that will knock you in the mouth, but they didn't do it against Dunbar. Agreed for everything you just said and everything we mentioned in the first segment. I also will take Dunbar. Let's go to one that we don't need to discuss so much. Baron Collier, Adam Ockley. Rough year for Immokalee as we've talked. Uh, again, last tune-up before they got to hit the road, to the, head to Traz Pal Stadium and play Miami Central. Baron Collier, I do want to give them credit. Their offense has looked good two weeks in a row against two very good defenses, although they did not put it in the end zone as many times as they would have liked. 
Dylan McNamara threw the ball 47 times last week for over 300 yards. Looked pretty good. And I will say, Palmetto Ridge, uh, both their defensive coordinator and their head coach, gave McNamara credit after the game. Said that's the best quarterback we've we faced uh, this year. So um, he's going to just tear into a mock league. My prediction is Dylan McNamara will take a seat on the bench after a job well done, probably in the third quarter. Yeah, he probably won't play the second half. Although maybe Baron Carter tries to get that run game going. They haven't had much of a run game the past couple weeks, although they have been playing from behind the entire time, so they have had to pass it 47 times. I assume you are taking Baron Collier? Yes. I also shall take Baron Collier. Hey, here's a fun one. Bishop Vareau at Laley. And I kind of was leaning towards Laley as, as, I, uh, you know, as I read this on the uh, list of games. Then I started doing the preview capsule for this game and just realized what a big win that was for Bishop Verreau. And Laley has struggled, particularly against a good passing attack, which we know Bishop Verreau has. Jacob Azizi threw for four touchdowns last week. The last time Laley faced a really good passing attack was Gulf Coast, and Connor Barrett just ate him up. Just same thing. I think he threw for four touchdowns. So it's really going to be on this Laley's de- defense. They are big, fast, and physical, which, you know, Bishop Rowe, when you're playing some smaller schools, you don't see that as much. But, you know, again, last week, Bishop Moore was a 5A school from Orlando, so they had plenty of talent. How do you see this one going? I see this one being Bishop Rowe's defense dominating. I think the Bishop Rowe defense is kind of built in the same vein as Naples' defense, and Naples held Laley to six points. I think Bishop Rowe is just, you know, chomping at the bit for a local game. They're ticked that they're not playing any Lee County public schools, so they want to go down to Collier County and sweep that board. So I think Bishop Rowe gets a win, and I think that creates a very, very awesome matchup when they play Palmetto Ridge the final yes, week. Yes, that will be very fun. And again, I really wanted to take Laley, but I, I do just think Bishop Rowe coming off that big win, they're riding high right now. Hey, speaking of Palmetto Ridge, they go to Gulf Coast, and they face, again, we've mentioned him many times this week, Connor Barrett, a quarterback that loves to throw it, that can throw it. We saw a quarterback throw for 300 yards against Palmetto Ridge last week. The Bears gave up their first points. They gave up two touchdowns. What do you think? I mean, their offense looked really good. I mean, Palmetto Ridge really put it together last week, despite giving up two touchdowns, which, you know, normally that's very, very good. But since they hadn't allowed any points, we make special note of it. But their offense was just hitting on all cylinders. I think you got to be really careful with recency bias here. Uh, Gulf Coast, that put up 42 points last week. And, you know, Palmetto Ridge, you think it's going to be a shootout. Palmetto Ridge put up 58 last week. But you can't forget that Palmetto Ridge's defense is one of the best in Southwest Florida, if not the best. I'm going to take Palmetto Ridge big in this one. And also you can't forget that Gulf Coast scored zero points against Naples' defense, which is obviously on par, maybe a little bit less than Palmetto Ridge's defense. How many did Naples score against Palmetto Ridge? Zero. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit closer than you think it will be. I don't think it'll be a running clock, but I will take... I never said running clock. I just said they're going to win big. Okay, how many big? Give me a point spread here. Point spread? What's a point spread? (laughs) Moving back into Collier County, Golden Gate at Naples, another one I don't think we think will be close. Golden Gate last week was without quarterback and Mr. Do-It-All on offense, Joaquin Acuna. He will not play again this week, uh, Coach Nick Bajika tells me. And even if Joaquin Acuna was in there, it would have been hard for the Titans to score points against Naples. The question is, can Naples hold on to the ball? They have fumbled 23 times this season in six games. Now, they've only lost 13, which is not good. But, uh, yeah, if you hold on to the ball, they win this one big. What would Bill Kramer have to say about? He would not be happy. It's uh, funny you mentioned that because it popped into my mind. The one time I asked him, he said, you know, I've, I've done the math. I've run the numbers, and it's never good to put the ball in turf. He's like, that's <laughs> always a bad idea. He um, probably wouldn't like that then. So any fumbling is not good. 
but I'm going to take Naples. And I'll, I think take, it, I'll take Naples too. Eight games we've picked, and we have picked the exact same on all eight. Two here that I think may be a little closer. Mariner at Astero. All of a sudden, Astero is just a, a winning machine. I think they've won two in a row. They put up 27 points last week, and in their losses, they've uh, they've showed some fight. Mariner as well. I believe they have two wins. Is, is that right? Mariner's got, you know, they're on two-game winning streak too. So, and also, Mariner, this is their final regular season game. Likely their final game in the county this year because, remember, November 6th, they have to go all the way to Melbourne Melbourne to play uh, Palm Bay. What do you think? Which one of these teams keeps rolling? I really, really want to take Astero at Jeff Summer Stadium. You know, they've got a very good defensive end in Chase Drew, who had a heck of a game last week against Cape Coral. He had six solo tackles, including one for a safety. He had two sacks, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. That Astero defense is really cooking against that lower echelon of competition, which Mariner, I think, kind of fits into. However, I'm going to take Mariner on the road. I'm not confident, but I think they win a very close game. Well, good, because I'm going to go the opposite, because uh, Astero, like I said, they put up 27 points last week, I believe a, senior, a season high behind junior quarterback Kirk Talley, and, and I like him. I'm going to take him to win at home. There you go, Astero. I think this is the first week I've picked you, and Regan always gives me crap since I live like within the shadow of your lights. Uh, so now I'm picking you, so you can, you can support me again. And finally, Bonita Springs at Oasis. Bonita Springs, another team that plays a playoff game next week, a very tough one on the road at Lakeland Christian. So this will be their regular season finale. Bonita Springs at Oasis, who Oasis, they got quite a little quarterback over there, huh? Yeah, Toby Kellner, he's a transfer in from Nebraska, I believe, Omaha, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's racking up the yards this year, but you know Oasis isn't racking up the wins. But Bonita Springs, I mean – they got that win, that winning bug, you know. It's contagious. So I'm going to take the Bull Sharks in this one. I kind of want to pick Oasis one just to go against you, since I need to make up ground. But two, I think this will be an even game. But I just I don't think they have the defense to get it done. They've been giving up buku points, especially to a, a big public school. They gave up 49 points to Newman, who has struggled to score at times. And every game I'm looking at their schedule, they've given up 40 plus points in every single of the past seven games. So I'll take Bonita Springs to score 40, and I will take them to win, which means we only picked differently on one game. We're so boring. That is very boring, and I'm very you gotta sorry. you got to protect a lead if you're me, though, right? Yeah, you got to play it safe. And I, I need to take some more chances, but I did not. So that'll do it, guys. Hey, keep following us on Instagram, on Twitter. Email us. Let us know your questions. Thank you so much for listening, and be safe out there on Halloween. And, Adam, anything else you want to add? Don't forget to go to news-press.com slash sports and naplesnews.com slash prepzone for all our coverage of Friday Night Football and more. All right. Happy Halloween. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's games. 